1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to welcome back Ian Morgan Cron. He's the author of the book, The Road Back to You, the producer of the Typology podcast. And this is a follow-up episode to last week's episode on the Enneagram. If you missed that one, I would suggest going back and listening to that first, potentially, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram at all. That was an Enneagram 101 episode to get you familiar with it. This episode, However, Ian and I dive deeper into the Enneagram specifically in the world of productivity and talk about the productivity hangups of each of the nine types of the Enneagram and then how to overcome them. So since I'm a five and I like soaking up lots of information, I'll get out of the way and say, enjoy this conversation with Ian Morgan Cron. Well, this week, it is especially my privilege to welcome back to the show, Ian Cron. Ian,
2: welcome back to the show. Hey, it is a delight, Eric. Thanks for having me back on.
1: You know, most people, they're like, oh, hey, talk, you know, don't call me an expert, that kind of thing. But, you know, you are, you are an expert in the Enneagram. You are a, you have wisdom beyond what others have in that area. So you're my expert. I'll put it that way.
2: Well, I'm glad to be a consultant to you.
1: There you go. And you have an excellent book that I have read as well as a podcast where you interview people. I wouldn't say interview you. You have great conversations about Enneagram types with people about their types and even groups. You've had some some panel discussions uh, about various types there. But when we talk about the Enneagram, let's do a quick disclaimer for people who maybe haven't heard the first episode. And if you want to do a deep dive into what we talked about there, you can go back. I'll link that up in the show notes. But the Enneagram essentially is a typing system, personality typing system. And what is the main gist of what the Enneagram is in regards to that?
2: Sure. Uh, so, uh, as you said, it's a personality typology that teaches there are nine basic personality types in the world, one of which uh, all of us gravitate you know, toward one of them in childhood in order to feel safe and to cope in the world. Uh, each of those nine types has an unconscious or underlying motivation that powerfully influences how that type thinks, feels, and acts in the world. And I mean, ultimately what the Enneagram does of many things actually is it helps us develop the all important characteristic of self-awareness apart from which uh, we are severely hampered in our relationships and in our work.
1: And then one of the other key pieces that I think will be important to put in place here before we go into the nine types and how they interact with productivity, is this idea that even though you have a type, what that means is it's not that you're locked in. And as you've said, it's it's not locking you into a box. It's, it's getting you out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, that of all the nine types, it's really a percentage. It's like a pie chart, and you have all nine types in you. It's just that there are the, the predominant, like the, which, which one is the, the biggest slice of the pie for you and then yes, moving forward from there.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I like to say, uh, like I'm a type four, right? And so, so what I tend to say and encourage others to say is, you know, I'm a dominant type four. Um, yes, I. I um, have features of all these different types, but there is one that each of us really click into, we really identify with. And particularly for the sake of our conversation today, the goal is for us to be healthy in our personality, to uh, be living in maybe what I would call the blessing side, rather than in the unhealthy spectrum of our personality. You know, which is kind of the curse side, uh so you know it's like the old you know maxim, you know what's best about you is what's worst about you, what's worst about you is also what's best about you, so the goal is self awareness that can lead us to the freedom to make different choices when we see that our personality is beginning to spiral into unhealth
1: and these nine types are going to have different difficulties when they're trying to achieve things in their life. And I thought it'd be really interesting to walk with you through each of the nine types and see what are the productivity hangups of each of those types and how can they overcome them?
2: Sure. How do you want to do that? You want me just to run through? Yeah.
1: Well, so let's just go through. So I think what's best is, and, and, and by the way, again, if you've not figured out your type, you might get an inkling of what your type is by hearing, Oh, that's where I get hung up with productivity, you know? So, uh, let's go through. Let's like let's literally go one through nine, and let's talk. Okay, ones are this. This is where they'll get tripped up, and then let's talk about what they can do to overcome that. And then we'll move on as we see fit to the next numbers.
2: Great. Um, by the way, people can also go to my site, uh, exploreyourtype.com, dot com, and take an inventory. It's very, very quick. Now, by way of you know, transparency, there is no self-report assessment, whether it's Myers-Briggs, DISC, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, that is completely accurate. I'd say they're only accurate about 60% of the time. That said, it's a good starting point before they jump into a book and get a much more solid understanding um, or more, a more valid result uh, on their type. Perfect. Great. So let's start with the ones. Ones are called the improvers or the perfectionists. So when they're healthy, these are people who can improve anything, right? They just can improve anything. But they have a compulsive need when they're to perfect or improve themselves, others, and uh, the world around them. And when that gets unhealthy, it's not so great. In terms of productivity, particularly when they're stressed, ones tend to hold themselves to a higher standard than other people do. So (laughs) that can lead to relational problems in in an office setting because, you know, people who don't live up to that standard can feel judged and criticized by the one. But I would say this in terms of productivity. Ones can procrastinate in their work because they're afraid to start projects much of the time because they're afraid they won't do it perfectly from the onset. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so if you see a one you know, sit in front of a, com- a blank computer screen tapping a pencil on their, on their knee, chances are you need to go over and just tell them, hey, it doesn't need to be right or perfect right out of the box. Just get going. We can repair it as we go, but you got to get going. That's just one of many, but that'll get, that'll get you started. So twos are called the helpers or the befrienders. These are people who have a need to meet the needs of other people okay? These are the lover types, you know what I mean? They are the most interpersonal number on the Enneagram. They go to bed at night thinking about relationships. They get up in the morning thinking about relationships. They tend to get sidetracked by always attending to relationships. Uh, you might see them, you know, they're the types who are always wandering around, calling people, talking to people at their desks, checking in, making sure everybody's all right. And in a way, you got to kind of let them do it, Right. Or they have to allow themselves to do it if they work by themselves. However, they they really need some built-in structures, um, time-limited meetings. They gotta time themselves and calls. They gotta give themselves deadlines to accomplish non-interpersonal tasks and remind themselves that hey, I can build relationships later in the day or love on people and ask them about their marriage. But I got stuff to get done right now. And they just got to hold themselves to doing it and not always focusing on friendships or attending to other people 's needs, okay,
1: interesting, yeah, I like that, so they gotta they almost have to because you can 't systematize relationships, so they almost need to put in place some kind of structure to make sure that they exit out of that relationship or or because they're so driven to have relationships. Maybe they have to – maybe they do need to put a system in place to make sure that they uh, are, you know, giving them per self per themselves permission to procrastinate on those relationships so they, they can focus on the task at hand.
2: Yes. Now, I would say that there are differences when people are working for themselves and when people are working in a team setting. So twos actually would rarely work alone because they are so interpersonal. Right. Uh, that they would, rather, they would very rarely be in a setting where they would be isolated or away from people all day long. If you see twos wandering around an office going from desk to desk checking in with people, in some ways, if you're a smart supervisor or a or, uh, team leader, I, just tell you, I would just tell yourself, guess what? That's how they work <laughs> <laughs> and, and make allowances for it. But at the same time, eventually you do have to go to them and say, are you meeting this deadline? I also tell, too, sometimes I want you to put a, a, like an egg timer or some kind of a, a a stopwatch on your desk and tell yourself this next phone call will last three three minutes, four minutes. Or I am going to allow five minutes for this, you know, this meeting with this person or just so that they can get back to task and not be distracted by relationships and attending to other people's needs.
1: Perfect. Yeah, that's a great way to. Kind of self dictate, or you know, keep, in other words, keep on track because that's one of the things I think they that we all the types will maybe have difficulty with in these days.
2: <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I would tell tell you, what's your number again, Eric? I i I'm a I'm a five. Okay, you're a five. Oh, right, well, I can't wait to get to five. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just tell you, you're a five. So you're a lot less social than a two. A lot less social. I mean, you couldn't be less, less social, <laughs> okay? But so the, here's what the beauty of the Enneagram is: you, if you didn't know it, you might look at that too and think to yourself, "What a time waster! What a slacker! Not getting their job done. Why aren't they more, you know, focused?" Blah blah blah. Well, the reality is, is that this is their gift. I mean, their gift is they're going around that office, uh, spreading the love, and also. You know, maybe getting work done, but preferring to do it by consulting in, in relationship and in conversation with others. So you, you just need to remind yourself, particularly if you were their team leader, hey, this is this person's operating system. And as long as they get the job done, what do I care if it's different than the way I get it done?
1: And there's beauty in the fact that all, all nine types do things differently. So,
2: well, uh, I mean, for sure. And I would tell you that if you were a team leader as a five. You need that to spread love around the up mm-hmm. because you tend to be the most emotionally detached and distant person and the most isolating person on the Enneagram. And pe- members of your team will often feel like they're emotionally not being attended to. That, too, is helping you out.
1: Yep. It's a it's a complementary position there.
2: Absolutely. Sure. Okay. All right. So that's Freeze. number
1: two. It's number three.
2: Yeah, threes are called the achievers or the performers. These are people who have a powerful, compulsive need to succeed and avoid failure at all costs. So these are people who are all about productivity, effectiveness, and here's the big one, accomplishments. They, these are, you, you've never met people who can get more done on the Enneagram than threes. They, they just love to set up goals and check off lists and i'm just saying they just accomplish more more efficiently they're the most productive productive number on the anyway okay now the problem with threes can be is that in order to get jobs done they it, efficiently and in short order, they, they, these are very competitive, ambitious people. They want to cross the finish line first. They want to crush competition. They want to get over that, that, that line first so that they are in the, they're recognized as successes. The problem is, to get over the line first, they have a tendency to cut corners, And when you cut corners, it can diminish you know, or sacrifice the quality of work. The other thing that they they might do is they might quite frankly work themselves to death, and so productivity is not about right uh, overworking and you know killing yourself. It's actually about working smartly so that you have margin to attend to the really important things in life, like relationships and you know developing yourself as a human being. Is that correct?
1: That's definitely correct. As you were talking about number threes, I couldn't help but picture the friendly competition that two threes that we both know, uh Michael Hyatt and Jeff Goings, yes. have had where they were kind of competing to see who would appear on my show the most number of times. So uh and then I kept thinking of Michael and how. One of the huge things that he's done to temper his drivenness towards success uh, is finding the true meaning of success, which is this this co-opting not co-opting this collaboration or cooperative uhness that achieving and rest have together. You know, if you've if you've been around him at all lately, you know, not not lately, but just for a long time now, like the that rest, that Mm -hmm. balance, that not working weekends, that having the appropriate recharging, uh, is there. So he's, he's a, he's an example of an extremely healthy three.
2: Yes, he is. Now I would also tell you threes are not detail oriented people. Uh, these are, I like to tell people, these are, these are tell and sell types, right? They want to get out there and tell people about what it is they're doing or what it is they're selling or whatever it is they're promoting and, and tell them about it and sell it, right? Now, they don't want to get into data or analytics. They kind of can breeze by stuff that they should pay attention to in terms of details. And again, this can cause problems in relationships uh, with clients or you know, create more work for them than they really need or however it is. They're always going to be looking to fives and ones saying, well, you guys take care of the details and the analytics. I don't want to sit through that. I'm going to get out on the, on the road and, and tell people about what we're doing. I always have to tell them, you guys cannot skimp on the details because eventually that's going to cause you more work than it is if you just do it right the first time.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so that's where, you know, someone like me, a five can be an extremely powerful, uh, teammate,
2: two or 3 Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And ones can as well. And actually, sometimes they'll get into a little bit of a, they can get into a very tense relationship, ones and threes, because ones will, they want things done thoroughly and they want thing, they want very strict attention to detail and they're very hung up on protocols and rules. Threes love to bend rules to get the job done and to get over the finish line first. They don't care as much about details because it slows them down. And so you can see where the rub is. Now, if they understand each other, then one can compensate for the weaknesses of the other. But if they don't, you're going to run into some real, real relational problems.
1: Sure. All right. What about fours?
2: Yeah, so fours are very interesting. Fours are the most creative types on the Enneagram. Um, they have a compulsive need to be unique and special. I mean, they really are the artist creative types on the Enneagram. They're also the most sort of feeling-oriented type on the Enneagram. Um, so one of the things that I have to tell fours all the time is they have to get out of their imaginations where they have incredibly rich imaginations. These are, you know, I'm a four, right? I'm an author. This is what I do for a living is imagination, right? Uh, I'm a songwriter. This is the, this is the sort of the, the pool that fours will often swim in. Now where they can get into trouble with productivity is they get a million ideas and then they can get caught up in the feelings associated with them and then just never execute. So again, what I'm always telling Forrest, for example, I'm telling myself is buckle down, get it done. You just can't forever be telling your friends about this great idea for a screenplay or a book. You got to settle down at the desk and actually do it and be able to put, not allow feelings about different things going on in your life to stand in the way or distract you from getting your work done.
1: So as a four, do you have any tips on how people can do that? Where if even if they're not a four, because I, I have that happen where I've got, you know, certainly, oh, that's a great idea for a thing. Oh, crap. I, I don't have time to work on that right now. But I want to go down the Internet hole of, of searching and thinking about it. You know, how do we how do we do that?
2: Well, the first thing is, Eric, don't go down the wormhole of the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you know that to be true about yourself, which it is for fives, I would just say you can't do it. I mean, just know when you are sliding down into over research and, you know, just getting yourself up into that mental realm inside the cave of your thinking and needing to acquire knowledge and information, you know, you've got to. Put that off until seven, eight o'clock at night when you, it's your own dang time, right? Uh, but just t- train yourself. I can't do that in the middle of the day. I got a gig.
1: Yeah. So having um, a designated time, a space or a time to spend on, you know, maybe it's, maybe that's rabbit trail time.
2: Um, yeah. as uh, long as it doesn't hurt family time, I'm all sure, for it. Sure. Sure. You know, and I think, I think with fours, you know, this is what's always helped me as, as an author. I always ask for a deadline. Now you're gonna get one from a publisher anyway. But you know, I'll think forever about different books and I keep a file of ideas and things like that. My agent will call and say, you know, you got a book due on October 31st, right? Now, what that does is activate my activate my anxiety. <laughs> You know, and I just have to, re- I just keep a, I keep journals of things. And if I have ideas for future book projects, right. And I do, I get tons of these songwriting things. I just have a file. I put them in, write, write them down, get back on task.
1: When it comes to hiring, don't search for great talent. Match with them, thanks to Indeed. With Indeed, you can ditch that busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Indeed leverages over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, making their matching engine your go-to because it's constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use it, the better it gets. I used to be involved giving my input into the hiring process for a few key roles that were connected to mine. And man, do I wish we had Indeed back then, because we could have gotten much higher quality hires using Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility on Indeed.com at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love my dogs like I love my children. I care about them, well, one more than the other, but we won't get into that. But I am committed to giving them both the best. And if you feel that way too, like your dog is a member of the family, then you've got to serve them top quality food that they deserve. Serve them nom nom-nom. nom. Nom noms made with 100% premium ingredients. That means zero fillers or funky stuff. My dogs love these great-tasting meals, and their nutritional needs are different than ours. That's why Nom Noms nutrient-packed recipes are developed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists. Freshly made and shipped free to your door. Right now, you can get a 50% no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com/beyond. Say goodbye to boring dog food. Your dog deserves a reason to run to their bowl every single meal, every single day. And all dogs are individuals, so they deserve to be served like it. Nom, nom delivers freshly made dog food personalized to your dog's preferences and unique caloric needs. And again, 100% premium ingredients, no funky stuff. Go right now for 50% off your no risk 2 week trial at slash beyond That's try n o m . com/beyond for 50% off. slash beyond What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify?
2: Oh Let's God, I love this. me some fives Fives have a compulsive need to gather information and knowledge now obviously for all your listeners, I'm just giving eh, one sentence yes on each of these types okay that but there it is, and they do so really to fend off feelings of ineptitude and inadequacy. when they're healthy, you know that's not where they are, but when they're not doing so well, that's the m o right? One of the things that people need to know about fives is that they can be, as I mentioned earlier, the most emotionally distant, often isolating types on the Enneagram. That means when you're working on a team, fives need to learn how to not just observe, which is, they're called the investigators or the observers, observe what's happening, but actually jump in and participate in what's happening, right? Uh, They need to connect with people, not just on the head level, but sometimes on the heart level. And this is important because, you know, people who are just observing and investigating all the time uh, can slow down processes by simply uh, not being present to other people on the team. And I think that another thing that fives have to be careful of, as you mentioned, is getting stuck in research mode. You know, because frankly, you give a five a project and they will research it until they die. Uh, Until you stop them and go, that is enough research. Get on to the next step of actually using your research to put together whatever it is that you're responsible for doing at this point. They're wonderful, wonderful people. They do get bored. After a while, uh, once they've researched a project to death, they want to move on to another one and get more information, right? So, I, I mean, just in terms of productivity, I also put time limits on a lot of their projects and tell them, look, once you're done with this, move on to something else or you're going to slow down and just sort of lose your effectiveness uh, and not be in your sweet spot. Sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds sound like it's right, right. It
1: does, yeah. I, I can keep myself busy researching something. Instead of actually working on the thing to completion. And uh, I can definitely um, get bored easily. So,
2: well, let me just tell you I have a dear friend of mine who I actually would bet listens to this show. So he will know who I'm talking about, okay, which is funny. He is a five, Uh, he's been working on a book project, and uh, his wife is an editor at a publishing company. And I'm just telling you, he holed up in an office and researched this thing until it drove her batty. And eventually, she had to take him out of town to a cabin on the East Coast, so from Tennessee to the East Coast, to force him to sit down and data dump all the stuff inside his head to give it to a ghostwriter.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I suspect I know who that is, but uh, we'll see after we're done uh,
2: recording. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right, type sixes these are people who have a need to feel safe and secure in the world um they can sometimes procrastinate by uh by doing busy work. you know they can lose productivity by just putting off milestones or deadlines that they you know need to get done. These are people who have an unusual amount of difficulty making decisions. They, because of that, then they, they'll, they'll go around from person to person, either on their team or outside, asking what they would do in this situation, which I'm just telling you, in terms of productivity, can slow everything down to a crawl. So what they have to do is really begin to trust in their own decision-making capabilities. And once they make the decision, not waffle. Do not go back <laughs> on the decision uh, and they just need to be reminded by other people um, that they are capable of making wise decisions. And at some point, they got to make a commitment and move on.
1: I think they need to remember that there's no mistake in sticking with a decision or there's no mistake in changing your mind down the road once you realize due to new data that it was the wrong decision.
2: Totally. And by the way, and for each of these types – they can pick a, a a person who's sort of an accountability friend, who really understands their type, and in the moment can ask them important questions about how they're doing and are they, you know, uh, beginning to fall prey to some of uh, of their core weaknesses.
1: Yeah, well, and that's, I think, if if any message can be taken away, that is one of the greatest things. There is that. There's strength in self-awareness, but there's strength in self-awareness tooled or uh, partnered with accountability and companionship collaborative uh, team self-awareness, in other words.
2: Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I do this stuff with team. In fact, I did it for Hyatt's team three times. I recently did it for I think all of Ramsey Solutions, and that was about 700 people. And I'm just telling you. When people know each other's types, you want to see what, what it does for efficiencies and for friendships, because finally people know, oh, you see the world entirely different than I do. You interpret information differently than I do. And so if I know how you do it, I can not only be compassionate, I can work more efficiently with you, because I'm not going to waste your time by, by making the, the really dumb assumption that if you're a different type, that you operate the same way that I do.
1: Oh yeah, that's one of the the biggest mistakes that we actually do make is thinking oh. that everybody sees it the same way and everybody else is just wrong.
2: <laughs> well, right, we all have a philosophy of life and we assume that if anyone else deviates from it, that they're 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 either they're just not very smart.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's a 6. Let's move on huh? into the last 3 here.
2: All right, 7s are are called the enthusiasts. Um these are amazingly wonderful people. They're joy bombs. They they have a compulsive need though to always be looking for the next great adventure, the next great escapade. They're always looking into the future, uh, and they do so with this incredible optimism and with this belief in the unlimited possibilities of what's to come. Now, that can be a great gift, but their downside is when they use it to avoid psychological and emotional pain. Um, These are people who are really averse to any difficult emotions or unpleasant experiences. And so if they're not careful, they become known as kind of the Peter Pan types who never want to grow up. Now, these people are amazing at the front end of a project. These These are people who are rockets when it comes down to Uh, Startups, for for example, entrepreneurs, amazing, people who can see possibilities, uh, overlapping patterns that other people simply can't see. Here's where they get in trouble. They have monkey mind. They have limited attention spans. As little kids, they often get, I think, improperly diagnosed as having ADHD. The thing you got to do with these folks and what they have to do to be productive is I tell them, you don't need a to-do list. You need a to-finish list. Because they get distracted, they get three-quarters of the way through something, and then they want to move on to something else. And that will really sacrifice efficiency and productivity. So that's, the, that's a big thing for sevens. Yeah. Okay. So now eight. Oh, man. Eights are called the challengers. Uh, so, someone asked me about what I thought, what, what number Donald Trump was the other day. And as a joke, because I don't know, I just said, I think he's an eight with a West Wing. <laughs> um, Great. Uh, this is a challenger these are people who have a, a need to assert authority and control over the environment and over other people they're just take charge human beings uh, if they're not healthy they're bullies uh, they throw their elbows around they run people over uh, when they're healthy they're Martin Luther King you know so this is how, with each type you know you can see how, how different they can be depending on where they are in the spectrum from health to unhealth from self-awareness to no self-awareness where these people um can get into trouble is they act oftentimes before they think they are impulsive they block out they need to block out time for reflection what am i doing why am i doing it is it wise is it not wise because these people do before they think now you know and i know what happens if, if you do that in terms of productivity, right? Yeah. If you're constantly having to clean up your messes because you've run people over or you've made bad decisions, well, that ain't good. And they just have to ask themselves, uh, what's this choice going to cost me if it's wrong? If I don't take the time to really think it out, and and what the way to could do that actually is to do what we just said, which is to really seek input from other people before they make decisions, particularly big ones. Because I have seen more AIDS make decisions that have led to, you know, weeks of cleanup uh, and getting the ship back on track.
1: Well, and even asking themselves, will this decision or the decision, you know, will it will being impulsive here really align with my goals or my values?
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, And we haven't really spoken one day. Let's get back on the show and talk about a, a related topic. And but one that's actually ultimately more important than personality, and that's character. Yeah, and can character go there. Yeah, character is a different critter than than because you know you can. It doesn't matter what number you are on the enneagram. You could actually be a, any number on the enneagram can be a person of bad character. Right. You know what I'm saying. So anyhow, different topic, different day. The other thing aides have to do, I think, by the way, is um, they they have to. Always be asking themselves, uh, how hard am I working? Because eights, more than any other number on the Enneagram, believe they're invincible. And I have seen more eights work themselves literally into a hospital for ulcers, for heart attacks. For, you know, I can, I got a friend of mine. I mean, they just, they are people who are just, if you run on 120 volts, Eric, these people run. On 240. Like they get plugged into the plug behind your dryer. Uh whereas you and I get plugged into wall outlets. <laughs> you know, so they just also have to be careful because they can work themselves into a hole, and that's not good productivity. That's just obsessive, you know, lack of discipline.
1: Now, how does this relate to or uh compare to a three?
2: Yes. Thanks for saying that. Um a three um needs to slow down because they become workaholics. In service to being successful. Now, I've seen threes do the same thing, um, but they'll do it for different reasons. That's why these underlying motivations are so important to understand. But eights have more energy than any Uh, other number on the Enneagram. Threes might come close, but eights, you know. Jack Welch, the, the chairman of GE in its most productive years, was an eight. They called him Neutron Jack. Right, And I knew people who worked for Jack Welch. This guy never went to sleep. He'd be texting you at three o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, waking you up. And, uh, you know, eventually people like this can really hurt themselves. They don't take vacations. They, they They just drive and drive and drive. And, you know, they just have to be aware of it.
1: Yeah, uh, man. All right. So finally, we're at number Not- nine.
2: Yes, the number actually that has the least amount of energy or stamina on the Enneagram. These people are called the peacemakers. They have a a compulsive need to avoid conflict at all costs. They love the status quo and they love predictability. They love, you know, these are probably the number on the Enneagram who are going to struggle the most with productivity. Now, that does not mean they can't be productive because let me tell you something. Once these people get going and they conquer inertia, which is a big problem for them, they can work. They can just go on forever. They'll just work and work and work. And by the way, I think Ronald Reagan was a nine. I'm almost sure of it. I think Bill Clinton was a nine. I mean, mean, there've been a lot of nine presidents because they're peacemakers. These guys and women know how to make deals because they can see the world through everybody's eyes and bring everybody to the table and find middle ground. Now, in terms of um, their productivity, Um, these are folks, um, that struggle with self, self doubt, self, you know, they have a lot of trouble making decisions because decisions and means, you know, potentially coming into conflict with other people because, you know, decisions aren't always, you know, popular, um, nines will often say yes to stuff when they should say no because you know, they don't want to again cause conflict uh, and disappoint somebody. So this is the thing they really have to watch out for. I don't know. I mean, there are nines that are ambitious, but I'd say for the most part, most nines self-report as being just happy to be in middle management and just stay there because they don't like to take work home on the weekends. They don't like to take it home at night. They, uh are are easygoing people they're not driver driver types so the thing i would say about them is is sometimes in their mind they just well i should say how am i going to say they just need to be reminded to stay on task because they're easily distracted for different reasons than a 7 um they get distracted because they tend to go down the wormhole of whatever happens to be in front of them at the moment let me give you an example, a funny example of this. So I had a friend of mine named Ed. And Ed, I came over to his house one day. He's got a lawn mower, a riding mower on his front lawn running. The lawn is half done, and there's nobody on the mower. So I, I go in the house, and I go, hey, Ed, what are you doing? And I go in the back room. He says, I'm back here. And I, he's sitting at his desk doing something. I'm like, well, dude, do you know your mower's running outside? And he's like, oh, my gosh, I, I forgot. I said, well, what happened? He says, well, I. He said well Barbara called my cell and I can't, she needed something in the house a phone number I came in to get it and then I saw this envelope from the IRS and I sat down and started to do my taxes and I'm like what I mean so this is nines can do this it's sort of this this sort of wandering diffuse attention you got to get them focused and you got to keep reminding them to stay on task and finish it up again another that nines can't afford of any number on the Enneagram nines need lists mm. and they need oftentimes help getting that list prioritized because they have a real weakness when it comes to knowing what to do first
1: i this this sounds like my mom
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah oh gosh they're, they're wonderful human beings yeah. but they can can really be frustrating for a 3 or an 8 or a 7 because it's like oh my gosh it's like can you not stay on task and get this doggy done um, well, of course they can it 's just they when they become self aware they just have to put things in place to to compensate or to address their weaknesses. We all have to do it, yeah,
1: it also sounds to me like they could use uh when when we 're talking with partnerships and you know other numbers other types to come along and be accountable with them. they could use somebody who not just isn't is could help them with lists and prioritizing but to even be a little more ambitious possibly.
2: Okay, so this is a great point. This is a great thing for you to say. So, you can't change the way that people see the world. But you can change the what they do with what they see. Okay? I am never cuz this gets us into the, a conversation you probably don't want to have right now, which is sure. the difference between disposition, temperament and personality. Your gotcha. disposition, I will never ever get you to not be probably a more introverted a person who withdraws that is your that is in your dna okay that's that's temperament disposition okay now you can discipline yourself to get out there and really hustle but it's going to be more effort for you than it is going to be for a two or a seven let's say right now that said um i'm probably never going to get you to um be someone who uh I can change y- your personality, per se. Now, I can tell you, like with a nine, you can say to them, hey, let's let's do what we can with what you got, which is awesome. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to make them more ambitious than they are. That would take some, you know, that would have to be a decision they make and something they put in place. I Like, for example, I think Clinton and Reagan both married ones. I see more nines marrying ones than any other, like, that's their, I don't know what it is about nines and ones. They just find each other. Is your mom married to a perfectionist? Is your dad a perfectionist?
1: Um, well, he's passed, but he, well, I'd have to think about that. I I don't know what he was, to be
2: honest. Okay. I mean, I think ones often help nines get organized because they tend to be disorganized. And, um, so... I I think that those ones uh, sort of give them ambition and keep their engines going. Yeah. Because once those people slow down, well, let me put it this way. Like I said to you earlier, once they're going, they're awesome. But when a nine slows down or stops, inertia sets in, and it's really hard to get them going again. And as a friend of mine likes to say, who's married to a nine, like I am, by the way, that nines start off slow and then they taper off. Yeah. Well, I'm so so you got to get them going.
1: Yeah. I, I think what I meant when I was, when I was using the word ambition, I think I meant more what you just said when you use the word inertia, that makes a lot more sense, like inertia or momentum.
2: Momentum. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And when you see the nine slowing down, they're starting to get into mission drift. Yes. And So when they start going into that, I have to warn my wife all the time, baby, you're going into mission drift, stay on task. Keep your energy going on this particular task because I'm just telling you. Like my wife came in last night, and like, God bless her. I love my wife, but she's got she's got stuff she's got to get done. You know, before vacation, she's a teacher, and she'll walk in the house and she's got a crud load to do. And then if she sees a box on the table that came in the mail, she starts to open it. That may lead her, or then she may open it and it's got something in it that she needs to do something with. And she goes and brings it to the Christmas tree. She gets to the Christmas tree and realizes that she hasn't wrapped this present. So she wraps that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, honey, you gotta sit down and do these grades <laughs> right now and stop this distracted meandering. Yep. So that's a big productivity deal for them. Totally.
1: Oh gosh. And see, we could dive so much. There's a book here to be written, by the way just
2: in oh, case. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's so many enneagram books to be written. It's ridiculous. True, true, true.
1: But uh yeah, so that's a that is a uh you know, quick reader's digest version of all nine types, the productivity, you know, how how they go about their work, how they can get hung up on their work, how they can move past it, and even some collaborative tips, which I didn't really anticipate us throwing in there, which was pretty cool. Well, so. yeah.
2: And I would say to you, just in closing, I know, uh, but but I think what we didn't do today is we talked about challenges, and what I'd love to do one day is talk about the strengths these people have in terms of productivity and effectiveness, because each of those types have strengths.
1: Totally, yeah. Well, again, you'll have to be back on the show. I would love It'll it be a regular thing, every you know, once a quarter.
2: Oh yeah, because I have a very strong three wing, and I want to beat out Hyatt and <laughs> I want those I want those two guys to know that when it comes, to, I'm a game on with them.
1: Nice. All right. Well, I'll have to I'll have to hit them up on that for sure, because then that'll keep the game going. So, Ian, it's been awesome to have you on again. I thank you. I'm just super excited because honestly, I was just like, oh my gosh, Ian Cron's on my show. Very cool. And now it's been twice now. So uh, I highly encourage everybody. Uh, one, they can grab your book. And two, they can listen to your show. Uh, and three, they can go take their type. Uh, so let's give them the sites for all of that. And I'll link them up in the show notes as well.
2: Sure. Yeah, thanks. The The book is called The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey uh, to Self-Discovery. And they can get that obviously on Amazon barnes and noble lots of their independent booksellers um they can go take an inventory of mine explore type.com they can go to the road back to you.com my podcast is called typology t-y-p-o-l-o-g-y and um that's been a fantastic uh resource i think for people just becoming familiar with the enneagram
1: yeah yeah it's a great way like it's it's perfect to uh you know, if you recognize a name on there and you want to listen to a conversation with Ian and one of those people, that's a great shoehorn in as well to the Enneagram. So you bet. Awesome. Ian, thank you so much for being here again.
2: My pleasure. Take care, buddy.
1: Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope that you found this deeper dive into the Enneagram helpful. I was glad to revisit that and have Ian back on the show to dig deeper into the productivity hangups and ways to overcome them of all nine types of the Enneagram. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you found this helpful, would you do me the favor and somebody else the favor, for that matter, by sharing this episode with them? You can do that by hitting the share button in your podcast player app of choice, wherever you're listening to this right now, or head on over to the show notes at list.com. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next episode.